0: Welcome to the Not Project Space podcast, where we shine a light on a cluster of Canadian artists and their experiments with augmented reality. This is Tender Circuits, and I'm your host, Marissa Gallimitt. I'm a visual artist and an accomplice to a group of brilliant minds who conjured up site-specific projects across North America, culminating in an online exhibition. They are world builders with diverse practices in filmmaking, sculpture, narrative design, research, theatre, and creative technologies. We invited them to play with the senses, to reframe histories, and to imagine the multiverse with symbiosis in mind, the kind of natural interconnectedness that thrives on the forest floor, in bodies of water, and even in the concrete of urban landscapes. It's true that augmented reality has the dynamic power to bring about a shift in perspective, layering new possibilities over what we see and hear, and maybe, how we understand our place in the world around us. In this episode, we hear from Galit Ariel and Roberto Santaguida. Before we dive in, we'd like to take a moment for our land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we're connecting with you today from the unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Algonquin Nation. We honour the Algonquin people who have occupied this territory since time immemorial and whose culture has nurtured and continues to nurture this land and its people. We are grateful to be guests on this land where we have the opportunity to work, live and create. In an effort to make this acknowledgement more active, we ask that you learn about the land that you're joining us from today and that you read the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's 94 Calls to Action. And now, A message from our team at the Digital Arts Resource Center.
1: What if I told you there's a place in Ottawa where people can rent audiovisual gear, like cinematic cameras, microphones, and lenses for a fraction of commercial rates? This isn't a dream. It's the Digital Arts Resource Center, or DARK for short, located at 67 Nicholas Street. You can book DARK's recording studio and soundstage, as well as our extensive gear collection. You don't have to worry about not knowing how to use the gear because we host regular workshops on specific equipment, software, and general skills. DARK also has grant opportunities and residency programs available. The only catch is that you need to be a member. For $100 a year, you can have access to all these resources and benefit from member health insurance. Visit DigitalArtsResourceCenter.ca to join Ottawa's digital arts community. And we're back. The first artist
0: we'll hear from today is Galit Ariel, a techno-futurist, experimental media artist, TED speaker, author, and more. In her work, Galit explores the wild and imaginative sides of immersive technologies and their impact on our cultures, behaviors, and interactions. Today, Galit is with us to share more about her project for Tendo Circuits called Space. The music you're hearing is from Galit's project.
2: space started as an exploration of calm resistance, and how can we repossess spaces that were taken away from us from a colonial, imperial perspective and capitalist perspective? How can we redefine the way these elements define our everyday lives and culture?
0: Counterspace allows the participant to experience the power of passive action by emitting clusters of colorful atomic particles, once they stand in stillness. The longer they stand in place, the larger the vivid cloud becomes, swirling around the site and the user.
2: What this installation does, it is indeed, um, it has been launched in various locations related to the history of monetization, to the history of social structures, and it began in Paris, in the Monet de Paris, uh, the oldest and still active um, monetizing facility uh, from the 800s A.D., um, where the idea of capital really was born and became a predominant force in the way we live our lives. It continued to the Amsterdam Stock Exchange, which is the first and still operating uh, stock exchange, which basically brought us the the idea of, of debt and equity as ways to build prosperity. And the stock exchange was actually the financial back of um the the Dutch east Indian um um corporation it, it is the first corporation <laughs> that existed and we built corporations based on that, which was a trading a government backed trading um operation that enabled ideas of of globalization, of course, and and trading on a global perspective, but with it also very strong ideas of exploitation, imperialism, uh, and slave trading. Basically, that was the first financial operation of global slave trading that we're still um, living it's It's back end um, till today, the same with colonialism here in Canada. it's It's a predominant topic. as a colonized territory. Um, and then it moves into Toronto into a shopping mall where all these ideas have thrived into the way we live our lives and appreciate our value in society and our value, our self um, value. Through consumerism, through um, debt, through acquisition, through uh, demonstrating our status and our well-being, through the way we theatrically display our lives, it's an installation that happens in real, in actual places that have their own context and their own weight on the world. So to be able to to add. Like digital creativity within the real world is something that excites me deeply, more so than you know, virtual spaces are wonderful, but in a way also for me represent a very a closed system, a very sterile system. And which is wonderful for certain applications. In this case, I really wanted to launch it in the real world not a a, a representation of the world or the value, but really show this is, you know, the place. (laughs) This is, you know, the cultural space that this is relevant for. So again, I I learned from a technical level, I learned a lot. I also learned how impactful it is indeed, which asserted my personal passion towards augmented reality, how powerful it is to have location-based installations that really have a dialogue with the actual space, not just the marketing strategy. Look, we can launch this singer and he can have a performance, but to really link the, the digital and physical space in a new way was was something really wonderful to, to produce an experience. Nobody knows that. <laughs> it, was, it was a lot of blueprinting, which is like one level higher, like higher, better than coding, but it was it was a lot of um again, trying to portray I want to say a sensation or an emotion within an interactive digital um body I want to call it body uh, is not something easy. You know, the pace of it, the colors, you know, what happens when it hits, you know, how is it like things that are clear on the screen become uh, weird, <laughs> you know. in real life so we're doing these translations and seeing how it affects me and people that see it uh, was also a great uh experience it was a very emotional experience where I lost lost hope and became very hopeful uh for our culture at the same time because it is quite um and I came in with a clear idea of you know again portraying you know Shared knowledge and, and, and shared um, I would say, perspective of, of a place, uh, but understanding the depth of how we are conditioned to live a certain way. The depth of how deep it is and how, how many facets and ecosystems have exploited um, certain desires and vulnerabilities in order to create things that are perhaps positive in certain ways for certain people, but very, very negative for other people. And I wish I knew the solution. Um, although Sandy Pantlin said once beautifully, we can solve world hunger today if we wanted to. I know that we can solve it. You know, I think my my frustration is, do we want to solve it? Do we understand what needs to be solved? Do we even talk about it um openly? um uh, which is a big and and this this is something speaking to other artists in the cohort and outside the cohort and thinkers and activists, I think there is a moment right now in the present that I don't say political art or Resistance art is very much um, pushed under the rug. There is some sort of sensation that we reached a level of elevation and things are solved or being solved or can't be solved. And there's very little space for critical um, expressions. It's just not, I don't know, as commercial, as desirable. Understandably, because we're living in an era where we're bombarded with so many truths and so many perspectives, and life seems so complex, and and just a space you need to survive in, and and kind of like find a safe space. So it's very hard to to create, project, and ask people to to want to have critical perspective it's it's a very difficult time to do that um so for me you know it was, it was very important to create something that is not just critical but also I want to say beautiful but also attractive but also appealing but also calming you know this idea of calm resistance is something that most people don't um don't think that is effective as galit said counter
0: space started as an exploration of calm resistance to reclaim spaces that were taken away from communities due to colonialism and capitalism she tells us a little more about how calm resistance connects to her
2: work i'm in a serious relationship with technology um And by that, I would say I love technology, but I'm not in love with it. I know it has flaws and it has been abused um, in order to to create uh, very dark cultures and paradigms. I'm very aware of that. Um, My idea of calm resistance is not necessarily the avoidance of, you know, the good things that came out of capitalism right, the progress we made thanks to it. Um, Humanity at this point, in my mind, cannot go back, you know, cannot call Turkey technology and should not call Turkey technology. I am um, in an odd position as someone that uses technology in order to talk about technology. One could claim, well, you know, Full resistance is is doing it, you know, from the outside and anti-digital, but it is the tool of of my, um, I want to say my personal passion, which is egotistical, Uh, but it's also a tool that speaks in the language of these cultures that do adopt it and do experience life through it. I do think there is a way, and I think the only way is to show better alternatives that are meaningful, that are beautiful, and I think that space had been left behind for artists and thinkers alone, because even indie studio or, or I want to say, professional creatives, in order, you know, the moment they tap into the machine they still have to make money they still have to be visible the competition competition became so ruthless so accelerated that it's almost impossible to beat you know to beat the system at all if not to participate in it and i'm very much trying to, to create things that again cannot be monetized i'm not building something to be monetized you know ever <laughs> you know bad business <laughs> good art um, and not to say that art shouldn't be profitable, uh, but I think that especially within digital art, um, the responsibility of the artist to to stay true to their beliefs is is heavier than other practices because this is you know art is about your truth or showing a truth or showing an alternative reality. This is what it's there for.
0: I was curious to hear what Galit's experience with Tender Circuits was like.
2: As inquisitive as I am, it is wonderful to see people that are coming from different creative practices and experiences and bending and and hoping to bend the technology towards their artistic aspiration. This is something um, that is wonderful and needed, uh, especially for immersive tech that is still relatively new in terms of application, not new at all in terms of, of its history. It's been existing for for a long time in various modes, but we are just now starting to be able to integrate it in a computational and interactive level. So this is the time for experimentation. This is the time for exploration.
0: Our many thanks to Galit for sharing her work and journey with us. Our next artist is Roberto Santaguira. Roberto Santaguira is an award-winning documentary filmmaker who works and exhibits internationally. For Tender Circuits, he produced a community-engaged artwork called They Can't All Be Butterflies. But before we hear from Roberto, here's another message from the team at Digital Arts Resource Center.
1: ever wanted to record music or start a podcast the digital arts resource center dark for short makes it so easy to get into production you can learn the basics of sound recording and editing through the educational videos on the online member portal here you'll record in a state-of-the-art studio and get in-person assistance from qualified technicians visit digitalartsresourcecenter.ca slash recording studio to book your time slot and start making things happen And we're back. Here's Roberto.
3: I started off, I guess, more of a classical documentary filmmaker, but have since, you know, seen some some things, maybe some things lacking in that approach. So I've tried to invite participants to really become co-creators. That's always evolving. I think there's uh, definitely room for improvement. And I just, I sort of have a vision of where I want that to go and in small increments get a little closer to it each time, maybe take a few steps back. But yeah, definitely a a version of myself in the future as a maker that I hope to see.
0: Roberto travels with his work. During his time living in Europe, he found a lot of inspiration in the Balkans.
3: I'm interested in the world, and I like to see it as, as much of it as possible it always surprises me. And I love that tension, the tension that comes with, uh, with travel, feeling uncomfortable and uh, alienated with, like a, with a real, like, and you can point to the real reason instead of just feeling alienated in general, and you can't really explain why. So yeah, that's, that's how I usually work.
0: Roberto worked with a group of artists to produce this work. They were inspired by a section of beach in Scarborough, a picturesque spot near the R.C. Harris Water treatment
3: plant. The sun just has um, it has it plays across that little stretch of of land just beautifully all the time.
0: In the project, the image of the butterfly is used as a metaphor.
3: The way it came up in in, in the initial discussion was like a moth, which is you know in the same kingdom is considered to be something. Like I don't know something you want to get out of your house as quickly as possible and not pretty or I don't know all of these unrealistic standards and but a butterfly is something you chase and you know there's merchandise made with butterflies on it and I think that's unfair I think that's uh, I think it's uh, too, we're too butterfly centric um, in our society and we need to change that.
0: In the end, there were a total of 10 paintings created for the project and the group collectively selected four of them.
3: The way they appear is basically as um, um, like two, two of them appear on either side of the structure. So the structure is in the middle and the paintings are on the sides of it. Um, it's meant to be um, a gallery of sorts. So you arrive there and with this like centerpiece, this like old lifeguard tower.
0: Roberto often creates art with different community groups.
3: With the community, uh, it takes time. It's nothing you can rush and it's nothing that you can make some kind of academic argument for. It has to be something where people feel comfortable with each other and want to spend time with each other. I mean, that's ultimately what a community is. Groups of people spending time with each other.
0: Many thanks to Galit and Roberto for shedding light on their process with us. The Tender Circuits exhibition will launch online on November 29, 2022 at tendercircuits.ca. Our full list of artists includes Galit Ariel, Roberto Santaguida, Pixie Cram, Aaron Consmo, Helen Lamb, Vasuki Shanmuganathan, Kel McDonald, Seth Thompson, Lauren Schaefer, and Richard Mosca. Yeah. Tender Circuits is brought to you by the Digital Arts Resource Center, hosted by me, Marissa Galmet, produced by CKCU FM, with sound and editing by Bob LeDrew and Edward Jean Vaux. Special thanks to the team at Digital Arts Resource Centre, Annette Hegel, Gillian Kennedy, Emily Azevedo, Alita Uch, Christopher Payne, Daniel Canosvita, Laura Paolini, Deirdre Morrison, and Ludmilla Race. We're grateful for the support from the City of Ottawa, the Canada Council for the Arts, and the Ontario Arts Council.